Hello world, hello internet, and welcome to episode 8 of the JS League show. My co-host Diana is going to talk about our guest for this episode. Hi guys, we have here in the studio Andre Antal. Hello, hello. Founder and organizer of NGBucharest Meetup, Angular developer, of course, and one, actually he's one of the RJS League trainers. Hello, it's good to be here. Nice coming, seeing you here. <laughs> I'm actually like hearing you say that this is the eighth episode. Is this a coincidence or have we been expecting this? No, I think it's pu- a pure coincidence. It's a pure coincidence, right? Yep. Yeah. We'll talk later why. Ah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I I just figured it out. Okay. Okay. Episode 8. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us more about yourself, an intro. How did you start a career in front-end development? So, yeah, as you said, I am am Andre. Uh, I'm a front-end developer. And uh, yeah, if I I think about how I started front-end development, it's actually a funny story. Um, I went into a company to do an internship on backend. I was like a Java developer. I was in my fourth year of, of university. And the project that I was supposed to go in didn't start for another, uh, for another month or so. And they said, hey, we have this like, small project. And it was, I think, the HTML back then or something like that. And they, made me, they asked me to, to work on that. And I liked it so much that when the actual Java project that I was employed for uh, started, I actually like, you know, didn't want to... I uh, didn't want to leave, uh, uh, you know, front-end and, and JavaScript. And I, and I, I liked it ev- ever since. Um, yeah, so this was like, uh, you know, uh, some, years, some years ago. I've uh, worked mainly on front-end projects, played around with, with a lot of technologies, uh, you know, tested, uh, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of um, frameworks. I played around with, with Angular, with React, with, uh, with Vue, with mobile, with web. Basically, but in, in the end, you're like super fond of Angular, out of all. Yeah, the I'm. I'm. Cool I'm. Frameworks. I'm actually like you know fond of all of them, but I've done most most of the work uh, that I've done uh, throughout the years has been uh, in the Angular uh, framework. But I think it's it's rather more of a coinc- more of a coincidence that I've I've done that because. Um, yeah, a lot of the projects that I've been involved in were on Angular, not by my choice, but by the choice of, um, you know, um, my employers. Could be worse. Uh, you could do Java. You could be doing Java. So. Or yeah, Ember. Yeah, I was like, you know, <laughs> I, was, I was down that road. Like, as I said in the beginning, it's a, it's a pure coincidence that I'm actually doing, uh, uh, you know, front end. And I, I really feel front end has chosen me. Like, I, I, re- I really feel that, like, you know, thinking thinking about my... Uh, my history, because uh, you know, once I started doing uh, front-end development and you know, uh, you know, working with UIs and and you know, usability and UX uh, later in my in my career, like it, it makes a lot of sense for me. Like I, I can't see myself doing anything else than web web development. Um, but yeah, like you know, coming back to your question, yeah, I'm 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 I like Angular a lot. I I like all the other frameworks. I I work with with the other frameworks as well, but. Um, you know, doing most of my uh, work in uh, in Angular, you know, has gotten me to a level where you know I got, I got to use it in, in a lot of projects, and I got to uh, you know understand a lot of the uh, of the insights, uh, a lot of the you know places where Angular is awesome, a lot of the places where Angular is not so awesome. So, you know. Okay, so tell us a bit about Angular, like from where it started, what, what were the people that created Angular trying to achieve and what were they trying to build? 
Yeah, okay. So lay back and <laughs> make yourselves comfortable. Here comes uh, here's come, here comes the story. Um, yeah, I, I actually like, you know, when I started doing, uh, when, I, when I first interacted with, uh, with AngularJS, I think it was back in 2013 or, or something like that. AngularJS already was emerging as one of the top solutions to build uh, what was back then a pretty new concept, SPAs, so single page applications. So back then you actually had, had web pages that were under, on the server and you got static HTML into your web page and each time you interacted with, with the web page, for example, you know, you uh, clicked on a button or everything was more or less like a form and each interaction actually submitted the page back to the server and you got, uh, you know, from the round trip back, you actually got a new uh, uh, web page uh, rendered. And, you know, although it, it worked for, for, those for those times, I'm talking about like, you know, early uh, 2010s here, uh, there were smarter ways that you could you could do this, and this was the, the you know the, the revolutionary concept of, of single page applications, where you actually ship the whole application to the client, and everything uh, you know from routing to uh, loading new content and so on and so forth was was handled by by the client. So basically, the round trip to the server was not to uh, you know get new pages, was actually just get the information needed to to render new new pages. So. Um, Angular just was one of the, uh, you know, it was not definitely was not the first framework that uh, did this. Like there are like you know pre precursors like Backbone and Knockout and and uh, others, but it was actually the first one that combined a lot of a lot of uh, awesome concepts like you know two-way data bindings and um, you know form modules and you know integrated testing and uh, and everything that really caught the eye of people in enterprise. So people in enterprise actually started. Uh, seeing the potential of AngularJS to do uh, those, you know, enterprise applications and not have, um, you know, those big uh, mammoth uh, Java applications that if you wanted to upgrade, you ha actually had to go with the diskette or the CD or, uh, you know, uh, later with a USB stick or something like you just did, you just build a web app that instantly uh, updated and um, you know, was available to everyone. You just needed a browser. You didn't need to install anything else on, on uh, someone's computer. And you can actually, like, you know, we, we already start. Uh, you know, when Angular just got mainstream, we already had like, you know, super big, um, you know, uh, web serious web applications. I mean, you had like, you know, Gmail, and you had like all those social media websites, which are, you know, really complex pieces of programming and uh, and applications. So Angular just came in, came into this uh, came into this world and tried to to solve like, you know, a lot of the the problems that you know application single page app type of applications were uh, were facing. But uh, of course, um, you know, when Angular just came out, people didn't really have any good practices to rely on like every mm -hmm. I, I remember now uh, you know looking looking back to the days where I started learning angular jazz you had all those uh, you know all the tutorials were filled with um, you know uh, practices that proved to be super disastrous for high for big scale uh, applications that were super okay for um, you know, demo applications with one page, one route, like, you know, to-do list or whatever, but actually promoted uh, some bad practices that were super detrimental for, for performance in, in huge applications. So I think that's one of the reasons why AngularJS down the road got a bad rap, because all these applications that people were, were starting to uh, build and 
apply the principles that they learned through those tutorials didn't scale up when it when you know when you had suddenly you had applications with like you know hundred routes and um, you know tens of element you know uh, thousands of, of elements um, on the page and you know applications started you know losing performance and being. Didn't yeah. they release it with some kind of documentation or best practices or coding standards? Yeah, first or like they didn't. They didn't have that in the in the beginning. Like they they built that you know as they went. Like people actually started uh, talking about their experiences and their and their bad experience and and how they solved um, you know uh, the problems that they were uh, were encountering. And actually, there was this uh, Angular style guide that was uh, made by uh, John Papa, which is you know super influential in the uh, Angular community and and not only. Um, he uh, built this. I think what is one of the first mainstream, uh, one of the first mainstream um, uh, style guides for uh, for Angular. But then uh, the Angular team actually decided, you know, at some point they just actually decided that you know Angular just didn't allow them to um, you know go forward with with the plans they had for for the framework. So actually they decided to. Uh, build, to rewrite it, to yeah, to build it, to build it from scratch, and yeah, that was that was a whole uh, adventure. And there's like you know, I, I don't I don't think there's any point to like you know talk about all the good and bad decisions they they they've uh, taken uh, on that road, but it was a, a a bumpy road. I remember having like you know, 17, 18, 19 release candidates where you normally like you know a release candidate is, uh, you know, in, in the development cycle you have the alpha, which is like you know a rough. Um, um, you know, a rough version of the API. Then you have the beta, where you know the, the API of the of the application of the framework is pretty much done. You just like you know, just test it out to see if uh, if there's uh, something else that needs to um, you know be fixed. And then you have the release candidates, which is like you know, final, final, like the last minute um, things that you need to fix. And usually in RCs, you don't do breaking changes. Actually, when they uh, you know with Angular, I think in the RC. 14 or something, they introduced mo uh, mod modules, like which was a really big concept, and you just don't do that in the in a, a release candidate. I remember uh, posting about this on the Angular uh, NGP um, uh, Facebook uh, page. Uh, like, hey, they, uh, I, uh, um, I posted, uh, you know, an art their article where they talked about modules, and I said, like, hey, this is awesome. Like, you know, they're bringing modules for, um, uh, you know, building a more um, you know, putting putting components that belong together um, in, in a module, and someone actually replied to the article and said, like, "Hey, this is awesome! Like, we have to rewrite half of our application now." Yeah, because people weren't actually like you know, being in RC, people weren't uh, expecting for yeah. breaking changes too. But on the other hand, when Angular two uh, came out, it came out with like you know, you you asked you asked this, um, uh, you know, this was your your initial question. Um, or related to your, your initial question, when Angular 2 came out, actually people had already very uh, good experience from building AngularJS, uh, building AngularJS app. So when Angular 2 came out, like on day zero, they had a style guide. So they told they um, were, you know, developers that took up Angular 2 would, were better equipped to build, uh, you know, performant and nice looking uh, code-wise, nice looking applications from day zero, which is something that, uh, you know, when I started AngularJS, I didn't have, like, I, I had no idea how to build single page applications with AngularJS, like nobody knew. That's that's why, you know, uh, things uh, evolved. But with Angular 2, that's like, you know, one of the good things is that, you know, people actually had all the, you know, all the information uh, they needed to uh, start building. Of course, it wasn't perfect, but it still was 
better. But it was actually like learning a new framework, right? Because oh, yeah. in comparison, it was like nothing similar with AngularJS. Oh yeah, like they actually, so AngularJS was, was version one and Angular was version two. So AngularJS, when, I, when, I, when I'm gonna talk about like, you know, AngularJS is Angular one and Angular two plus is, is Angular, just Angular. So uh, from, from now on, I'll try to, um, to make this decision. But I think um, there, there are some concepts that, are, that were ported from Angular just to, to Angular. But other than that, it's, it, the, the frameworks was, was written from, from scratch. Like they, uh, they've, uh, first of all, they used uh, TypeScript. Like the, the framework itself was written in, in TypeScript, whereas you know, Angular just was written in ES5, I think. It was like written in, in mm -hmm. JavaScript. Uh, and of course, like you know, they re rethought about you know all those everything. mistakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, they actually like you know the things that that limited Angular just from becoming um, you know from from going uh, going forward because they actually hit some limitations. They they hit some walls with with Angular just things they couldn't improve anymore because it would be a breaking change, right? The the scale of uh, what Angular two was. Um, so they said, like you know, if you're gonna do these breaking changes, we, we might as well rewrite everything from from scratch. And they wanted to use the, the Angular name because, of course, they, they wanted to capitalize on the uh, you know on the really good image that Angular JS was was, was still um, you know st still had. But of course, you know that created uh, immense. Uh, immense expectation from from people that you know it's Angular one to two. It, it, the upgrade shouldn't be that difficult. I mean, okay, it could be difficult, <laughs> but it shouldn't be like a complete rewrite. Like from day one, it was su super obvious that you couldn't, um, uh, you know, you needed to rewrite. If you mm -hmm. wanted to use Angular two with your Angular JS project, uh, you needed a, a rewrite. Of course, there are like you know solutions for for upgrading, like for incremental upgrades, so you can have like Angular JS and Angular on the same page and. Uh, there are some solutions for that, but yeah, it's it's not a a, a pleasant trip. That's that's for sure. Actually, there's quite a, a lot of I don't know how to call it damage within enterprise because there are a lot of code. There is still a lot of code and a lot of software written in Angular JS, yeah. and they're struggling to migrate it to to because it's not maintainable anymore. And I think like the Angular JS team is. Uh, cutting support for so there i mean the, um like there, there's two things i want i want to uh, say to this first of all like think we uh, you know uh, we saw this at, at js league as well like you know when uh, you know getting requests for uh, for workshops and and, and uh, migration uh, yeah migration comes up comes up a lot so there's obviously a lot of still a lot of uh, legacy angular js uh, projects out there that people want to migrate and just like a really small parenthesis, don't get me wrong, like AngularJS is still, I think, a really valid, good framework. Like it's it's super mature. It's been like, it had like a, a million bugs fixed. It's through been for like seven major release cycles. Like it's it's super mature. Of course, like, you, you know, you have some, some limitations with it, but still it's like, if I had to build- uh, This is a, your unpopular opinion. <laughs> yeah, no, no, like AngularJS is still like, it, it is still a really good framework even by today's standards. But the thing is that it's considered all technology and, and 
one of the please Andrei, don't get us banned <laughs> no it is i mean it <laughs> is this it, podcast it, it is considered legacy and i think uh, the main thing that companies are facing right now is that people don't want to work on legacy technology anymore it's not i i don't think people don't want to work on angular just because angular just is bad although some of the like i've seen projects in angular just that look um, you know, not necessarily really bad, but the code is is getting really hard to to maintain. The horrors you've but seen. But I've seen I've seen Angular JS projects that look really nice. That you know use TypeScript and use Webpack and use mod ES6 modules and so on and so forth. So, I've there are success stories and and uh, even in Angular, like you you I, uh, you hear the Angular team uh, talk all the time about the fact that they still have Angular JS projects inside of Google that you know they just wrote an application for some purpose and they you know that application works and you don't need to upgrade it and they still use like angular just is still heavily used inside um, uh, inside of google but developers want to work on new technology so that's why i think um, uh, you know when the, the the backlash from from uh, you know all that uh, angular js to angular upgrade like that's that's one of the it's not of course it's not the the only reason but i think like you know a small percentage of React's popularity or growth in popularity and views popularity, um, uh, you know, they got it from this need, uh, to, um, you know, people to get away from you know legacy technologies to newer technologies and uh, so on and so forth. And you know, some people actually got really, um, you know, didn't want to work with Angular, any type of Angular anymore. It's like I had enough Angular just not realizing that actually Angular is a totally different framework and it's mm -hmm. like it, it's. It's a totally different experience than Angular just. And this is how Vue got invented. Yeah, this is how Vue got invented. Actually, like the I think the, um, the one of the creators, like even you actually worked on Angular JS team. And that's why like you know, Vue actually has a, a lot of, you know, it uses templating like um, Angular JS used to do, and there's like a lot of common um, a lot of common features between Vue and uh, Angular JS. Okay, so now that we talked about how uh... Angular made developers angry. <laughs> Let's talk about Angular 8 and how it's uh, improving on uh, on what Angular Angular it, was before. It made them angry, but it also made them rich. That's <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Rich in um, experience, maybe. Yeah, rich in experience. That's that's for sure. So yeah, that's why I mean, you know, for for the the listeners that didn't get our uh, joke in the beginning, that's why I was saying that it's a coincidence that they, uh, you know, you you organize you uh, organize this uh, podcast, this episode number eight, exactly when we're going to talk about you know the new release of Angular, which is version eight, and. Uh, of course, like you know, people are keeping track of these numbers, but it's it's just like you know, it's just like you know, the new uh, version and Angular and upgrading Angular now is um, you know, Angular uh, uh, upgrading for two from two to four. There's a whole story there why Angular three wasn't released, but we're not gonna uh, go into it anyway. Uh, upgrading now is like nothing compared to um, you know what uh, upgrading from Angular just to Angular was like. It's it's gotten way uh, easier to to um, upgrade, and uh, for example, there's uh, there's a, an article I I, um, I read about uh, KLM, the um, airline uh, company that uh, has their website running on Angular. So yeah, we, you know, real world uh, Angular websites, uh, real world websites built with Angular. Uh, and they wrote an article about their upgrade process and they went from, um, it took them like 30 days to upgrade from uh, Angular 2 to Angular 4. Uh, it took them like 
15 days from Angular 4 to Angular 5, and the time like kept halving each time, and they actually managed to upgrade from Angular 6 to Angular 7 in one day. And that's like, you know, it's a half a billion viewers a day website. Like it's a really it's a huge uh, website and huge code base. And uh, the Angular team, um, you know, learning from the mistake, uh, not necessarily learning from the mistake, like, but learning from the experience of upgrading, each time they release a new version, uh, that's, you know, they're thinking heavily about um, um, making sure that backwards compatibility is uh, is there, like as much as as possible. Like, of course, some breaking changes uh, had to um, uh, you know had to make it into the um, you know from from version to version. But usually, like it's upgrading from one version to uh, to the other nowadays is way easier than than it used to be. And uh, there's actually the, the Angular team made made a website. It's called update.angular.io. And it's just like a form where you say like, what's your, what's the version that you are currently on? Like the, the project that you're working on is currently on and what, uh, what version you want to upgrade and you hit okay. And it gives you a set of uh, instructions on what you need to, um, uh, you know, on what you need to do uh, in order to, um, uh, you know, have a smooth um, upgrade. Uh, That's and pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's actually like you know it's it, there's a, a lot of uh, a lot of tooling uh, for that and one of the things like I was super excited to see like it's it's not necessarily related to upgrade but it's something that the Angular team actually actually um, made available they they made a new getting started guide so they had if you wanted to learn Angular in in the past you had to go through the Tour of Heroes which is like you know a, a mm -hmm. well known application in yeah, uh, we all tutorial. Know about the tour yeah, of they Heroes. actually rewrote <laughs> rewrote their uh, getting started application. The tour of heroes, I think it's still there, but they, they actually have like a, a different uh, application. I think it's with a, a virtual store, of course, like, you know, not super complex, but it, 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 it approaches learning Angular like in from a different uh, um, perspective. And all the, um, all the examples are now on StackBlitz, so you can actually start learning, um, you know, coding real fast. If you don't know about StackBlitz, it's a it's an online code editor where you like it's on stackblitz dot something. I don't know, just Google stackblitz and um, uh, you'll you'll find it. There's also like called sandbox, um, which is like you know the same. I love I love them both, but stackblitz is is we better known. We love code sandbox more. Yeah, no, it, stackblitz is what better known in the Angular community, and code sandbox I think is better known in the React and, and Vue community. But they're both super awesome. Like I know people from both teams, and they're doing a super awesome job. It's a, it's a super awesome um, it, it's a super awesome tool. And you just go in online, and you just click a button that you want to start an Angular project, and bam! In like three seconds, you have an Angular project, that, and you can just start typing code and you have live reload so you see the result of your application on the right side and like I recommend using StackBlitz to to learn I use it for example to um, you know when I want to try out a new library or something I I, I usually uh, use uh, StackBlitz to, yeah, to, to, test, to out test some new things out or yeah, just to yeah. see how they're going and not to like config all the stuff yeah, yeah. beforehand. It, it just focus, focus on, on the code and don't focus on like, you know, bundlers and uh, transpilers and all the other, all the other uh, stuff. It's really cool. Like I wish I had this when I started learning, uh, you know, React and like, you know, back then you had like starters that you used and then one week later they weren't okay because some of the dependencies were not working well together and you had to look for another starter. And I remember like, you know, when I started learning React, it actually took me like one, uh, one or two weeks before I actually started writing React code because I had to understand the whole build system, which is like totally not the way you should go 
um, you know, uh, to learn uh, a new technology. But uh, but yeah, like and, and to wrap up this this question, most of the upgrade right now is actually handled through the uh, through the, the the CLI right now. I think it's basically you just. Uh, run a command like ng update and it, it should like work. Yeah, <laughs> you've mentioned the CLI. Uh, it's quite powerful, right? Oh yeah, I, I think Angular CLI is, I, I think, uh, you know, Angular has a lot of strong points. Uh, it has a lot of not so strong points as well, but it has like, definitely it has a lot of strong points. And I think one of the things I like most uh, uh, about Angular is the, the CLI. And, and when I say CLI, I, I really like mean all the tooling that uh, you get around uh, the Angular um, ecosystem, which, like you know, the CLI is the most important one, and you know, it's uh, usually um, the front runner of of, of uh, you know tooling that's around um, Angular ecosystem. And but it, there's like a lot of a lot of other uh, tooling um, around it. And uh, the CLI, uh, for for those that don't don't know, comes from like. Um, a command line interface. It basically allows you by just typing in a command, uh, you, you install it, it's an NPM package, you just like install uh, at angular slash CLI, and then it allows you to uh, have a command in your in your uh, uh, terminal, ng, and this uh, this command allows you to scaffold projects real fast. For example, if you write ng new and your project name, it will automatically uh, scaffold a project for you with all the settings and all the files uh, set up for you and, and everything. You, you just, uh, you know, you can just go and write Angular uh, code in, in, in TypeScript and don't have to worry about how that uh, code gets compiled. And, and of course, you can run uh, ng-serve afterwards, which is the command to serve your project on a, on a development server. And yeah, there we go, you have your, your application. And one of the things awesome that was introduced in, in Angular CLI here in the in the new version, I was actually it's, it's not a new concept, but now they they made it, um, you know, a really uh, complete uh, feature is differential loading. So, <clears throat> in most in most frameworks right now, uh, you um, um, you have to ship code, uh, or at least that's the way you you used to do it. You have to ship code. Uh, you know, to the lowest common denominator, right? I mean, you have to ship code that runs on the worst possible browser that you target, that your that your target target audience um, um, uses, right? And that usually is Internet Explorer 11. And Internet Explorer 11 doesn't run anything else than uh, um, the version five of, of JavaScript. So even though you you write your applications in TypeScript or new newer versions of, of um, you know, ECMAScript. Um, or, or JavaScript, like ES6 or whatever, 2000, whatever, uh, you still have to transpile it, which is the process of taking newer JavaScript and, and turning it in, into older JavaScript. You have to transpile that code in order for older browsers to, to understand. So one of the th awesome things that the, the CLI does for you now is called differential loading, and it actually creates two sets of bundle, bundles for you. Uh, it creates a bundle that is, uh, contains all the code necessary in ES5, so for all the browsers and another bundle of code uh, that is used for evergreen browsers. So like you know for newer uh, newer versions. And when uh, uh, your your website is served to the uh, to the uh, browser, it actually like you know beforehand it checks to see if uh, your browser uh, actually supports some of the main um, uh, you know some of the main features. It, it does a check to see if like you know some of the features of JavaScript are supported. And if that happens, then the smaller bundle, like, you know, without uh, all the polyfills, so polyfills are used 
um, you know, if you write something in, in more complex syntax in, in uh, newer JavaScript, that needs to get that needs to get transpiled into older JavaScript, and this is done through a polyfill. Uh, and that polyfill is code of JavaScript that you ship. Uh, you have to ship to um, uh, to to the browser, but but. Uh, um, yeah, not, not, not only that, like, you know, all code that is uh, being used by, um, um, you know, that is not being used anymore by newer browsers because they already have these capabilities uh, built, built into them. Uh, Angular has a way of not shipping that code, which results in, like, you know, they said, um, you know, when they presented these features, they said it, it, it could come down to even like 20% re uh, reduction in, um, in, in bundle size, which is, nice. which is, yeah, which is, which is pretty awesome yeah increasing performance yeah and and uh, you know just to like you know wrap up the, the discussion about about the uh, the CLI what what the CLI does and why I like it so much it, it basically offers you three types of of commands you have like um, you know the simple commands of like you know asking the CLI what the current version of the CLI is or you know a help command to give you like you know all the possible um, you know all the possible commands that it take or even there's like a feature to um, for example, there's a doc um, a command that you can give and write, uh, like for example, you, you want to know uh, what, uh, for example, the, you're, you're curious about the component decorator, you can actually write ng doc component and it will take you automatically to the documentation page. Like that's uh, something useful. So there's like, there's like this simple commands that the, uh, the, uh, that the um, you know, CLI can do. Then there's uh, schematics and I, I won't go into, uh, you know, into detail. That's like, you know, um, we can do a whole show on, on uh, schematics, but basically like, you know, what you need to understand is that schematics are used, you know, when you want to scaffold your, your project. So you want to create, uh, to generate code, uh, schematics are used to do that. They're basically like, you know, functions that, you know, get some input and output, um, uh, uh, code for you and for example when you hit uh, you know ng uh, generate uh, you can generate components and services and um, using the CLI whenever you do that you actually use the schematics and schematics would actually was act were actually introduced or you know got into a stable version in, in the previous uh, release of, uh, of, of Angular right so you have the simple commands you have schematics to scaffold and build um, you know the files in your in your code, and then you have the run commands, which are, um, you know, the when you want to serve uh, serve your application or you want to build your application. This is where uh, you know run commands come into come into play. And as schematics are used for generating files, um, the mechanism of schematic is, is used for for um, you know uh, generating new files. They actually made a new uh, API available that you can hook up into these uh, run commands and do. Uh, you know, extra tasks uh, when you, um, you know, when you want to, for example, when you want to uh, build uh, your project, you can actually select, you know, um, uh, build or you can say deploy or, you know, you, cr you can create your own uh, run commands. For example, you can actually deploy your project to Azure or to Google Cloud simply from, from the CLI. So th this is something that the CLI uh, allows you to, uh, to do right now. And, um, yeah, and it's it's also like for the CLI, it's super easy to add. For example, if you want to add Material or Firebase or whatever in your project, there's like if you go to the Material page, for example, right now, and you want to add Angular Material, there's like a, a seven-step process or something. You have to install some libraries. You have to go and import uh, a certain module. You have to add the animations module into your Angular project. There's like a, a set of steps that you need to do. And actually, you can using schematics, you can actually just say ng add. 
material. I think I'm not sure exactly what the command is, but you can use the ng add command, and the Angular CLI will do all the all the changes needed to your project in order to have Angular material there and not make you go in all the files and change them for yourself. So that's what I'm saying. Like you know, the CLI is is really um, you know one of the strongest um, points of uh, using Angular. Yeah, that's you know one of the features that I that I talked about. Uh, and one last thing I, I wanted to, to say that uh, the Angular team has, has brought into the, the new CLI is that um, you can actually add, so if you wanna, uh, we have, you know, we, we live in a, in a world right now where uh, the idea of having your front-end project uh, in its own repo and the back-end project in its own repo is pretty uh, popular. Actually, um, if you want, if you still wanna have like full stack um, projects in your in your repo, the Angular CLI now allows you, for example, to add an SJS framework into your uh, project. And it, uh, uh, through the uh, ng-add um, uh, schematic, you can actually add an, uh, an SJS uh, framework into your uh, framework, and it will uh, help you out with like you know commands for building both of them together, serving them together, and so on and so forth. Cool. So except for this CLI, which it seems like you're really, really excited about. Yeah. What's, what else is new in this Angular 8 release? So one of, I think one of the most important uh, changes, like breaking, uh, breaking changes, there are like two major ones and like, you know, smaller ones, but two that are like worth, um, one that's worth mentioning and one that I'll mention like, you know, really fast, um, is the fact that they dropped support for the old uh, HTTP module, right? The one that you had, you actually had to like, you know, go .json and, um, uh, you know, there were like multiple steps to, to get your, um, your data from, from responses. That was actually uh, deprecated in Angular version four. So in Angular version four, they actually made a new, uh, better, uh, and more, uh, you know, an improved HTTP module, and that has been, uh, you know, the standard. Uh, you know, whenever you wanted to make HTTP calls, that was the the new one from uh, at Angular slash common slash HTTP. Uh, that was the the one, the default one, and they actually uh, deprecated it, and it took them like one and a half years to um, to make sure that you know everybody that started using using. Uh, the old module from um, uh, Angular 2 on that they had enough time to, um, um, you know, to change their code. And that's one of the things that I saw, like every time they're deprecating something or they're changing it, it they give people enough time, they give users and programmers enough time to make the changes and not be like, you know, they don't introduce breaking changes like, like this from one version to another, they usually deprecate it and they give people time to, to change their, their code. And another one, they, they actually introduced something in the uh, view child um, decorator, which allows you to, uh, you know, uh, get um, references to um, elements in your templates. You need, you know, when you declare a view, uh, a view child uh, decorator, you need to add it, um, uh, another special property for that. But that, like, you know, that's, uh, I don't want to go into details, but you mostly, like in 99.7% of situations, if you want to upgrade, it should be pretty smooth. If you're not using super esoteric uh, stuff throughout your code, upgrading from seven to eight should be pretty smooth. And another, another thing that uh, they did, um, 
so we were talking earlier in, in the in the show we were talking about like you know upgrade and how awesome it is uh, migrating from angular just to, to angular now, actually one of the biggest pain points was the fact that if you had angular js and angular on the same page they were both competing for the same url the router right so you had both routers running and it was like a super uh, pain in the rear to uh, um, make this work. And actually in, uh, now they introduce support and better integration for the dollar location, which is like the router service in, the, in AngularJS. Uh, they introduced um, you know, better, better support to, uh, to, to work with that. So IV is new in Angular 8. Can you, can you tell us a bit about what IV is and uh, what's, uh, what's so cool about it? Yeah, Ivy. That's a that's a big uh, that's a big topic, um, and actually, it's been a big topic ever since they they announced it. Like I think a year ago or something, they they announced uh, that they were working on on uh, something like this. Um, I remember when when they I remember my first contact with with Ivy. I'll like I'll explain in like just a moment what it is. But I, uh, let me give you the context where uh, I, I first heard of Ivy. It was a presentation. I can't remember who uh, who had the presentation, but they they actually put on a slide um, that you know using Ivy. I had no idea what Ivy was back then, but they said using Ivy. Uh, we managed to make a hello world application that was of course like you know gazipped and you know run through closure compiler for uh, you know smaller uh, you know minification and so on and so forth but they actually managed to make a 3.2 kilobyte hello world application which is like unheard of uh, in angular world like angular is well known for the fact that it's a pretty Being massive yeah, it's a fat framework to say the least. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about we'll we'll talk in a moment about why that why why that is and why uh, IV um, why IV will will uh, solve or its is uh, its purpose is to solve this this problem. But I just like you know wanted to give you a context of like you know the impact this had on on uh, 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 people when they saw that presentation and said like oh 3.2 kilobyte. Um, uh, application like yeah that's that's gonna gonna be something so ivy is uh a new the new um version of the renderer so let me back up a little yeah uh yeah okay that's it <laughs> that's ivy uh no so um angular uses templates right you usually uh, you know uh, the, uh, a comp an angular component is divided into two parts so it's like the class part that handles uh, the logic and the data part of the application, then there, there's the template that handles the uh, view part, like how it looks and so on and so forth. And they communicate uh, together through bindings, which can you know be from the template to the class and from the class from the template, depending on um, uh, you know depending on, on uh, how uh, it could how it works. So the the Angular compiler, there's there's this compiler that that, that takes the template and translate that into uh, JavaScript code. This is usually uh, called an ng, it's not, it's usually, it's, it's called an ng, the, the result of the of this compilation is, is called uh, an ng, um, an, an ng factory. And uh, the compiler, uh, when it turns this templates into this, this classes, it actually uses the renderer uh, to, um, you know, to uh, output something. Actually when, so Angular, um, is not necessarily a web framework. I mean, it, it's mainly like 95% of the time is used for, for web applications, but because it has this render part 
independent of the of the of the framework like it, it's it, it's its own thing actually angular can be used for other applications as well like for example for mobile for um, uh, you know for server side rendering i even saw like a few days ago i saw someone that did a console like a console like a terminal application in, in angular like uh, and this is just by rewriting the renderer and the renderer is just a class that if you implement all the all the methods, it's, it's basically an abstract class. If you implement all those methods and use that to render, uh, the compiler will just hold those uh, those methods. And you can Angular by default outputs DOM, so the compiler uses the render to output DOM, but it could be used to output and uh, to uh, output uh, whatever. So basically, IV is a rewritten version of that piece uh, in the middle between template and the and the result. Uh, and the one that the, the compiler uses to, to output that, that result. Uh, so one of the challenges that they had is that IV didn't, is being, just being a, a, a rewritten version of the existing uh, render, uh, it, didn't, uh, it, it shouldn't have uh, and it didn't uh, change the external API. So if you actually use IV now in your projects, Again, like you know, giving a really small, um, you know, like a, a, a really arbitrary um, percentage here, but 99% of the of the times you shouldn't have uh, any problems for your average regular apps because it, it should mostly um, uh, work um, the same. I mean, it, it won't work the same, of course, because they they written, it works differently. But because the API, the external API, didn't change, you shouldn't sense any uh, any difference like you know when you run your application it's, it should still uh, 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 look the same so and here uh, there's there's a discussion here because if you're using uh, if you're not using a lot of dependencies in your in your code then you are on the uh, on the uh, you know you have higher chances of your app working and not having um, you know problems but if you're using uh, a lot of dependencies in your in your projects, uh, then they might actually like you know have um, uh, maybe some problems with the new uh, renderer, and you're actually you know you increase the risk of having something uh, not going so well with with your application. So, but again, most of the time, uh, most of the time it should it should it should work okay. And when I say like when I gave that big of a percentage, uh, I didn't like you know I didn't just come up with with that number. Actually, Google. Because it uses Angular so heavily, uh, you know, at their applications, like they use it on the Firebase web, uh, on the Firebase page, they use it on the Analytics page, on the Google Cloud uh, uh, applications, like they use it on, on a lot of client facing like millions and tens of millions, hundreds of millions of users per day uh, applications. So, whenever they release a new version of Angular, they actually test. Uh, their uh, implementation on all the Google uh, applications. And if something fails, they will catch it there first before releasing it. So right now, they're, they're actually, I don't think they're at 100%, but they are at the 90 something close to 100%. They still have, they still have some, there's like a website, I think, uh, is ivrenderready.com or something like that. You can, you can uh, Google it and it will tell you what the percentage is. I, I actually like it might have it open on my computer. But anyway, I, last time I checked, it was somewhere around 93, 94% completed. And most of the things that they still have to do is to document some of the, some of the changes. So um, yeah, okay. Um, in Angular 8, 
you can, uh, so Ivy uh, comes with Angular 8 now. It's not enabled by default. So when you run your Angular project out of the box, it will still use the old renderer, but you can just uh, with a flag that's called enable, uh, enable Ivy, like uh, um, um, when, you, when you create a new project, you can actually say like, you know, dash dash uh, enable Ivy. It will actually um, uh, uh, switch the, the renderer from, uh, from the old one to the, um, to, the, to the new one. So you can actually like, you know, use it today and play around with it and, and see how, uh, how it works. And what are like, you know, what are the, the, the three main things that, that make Ivy awesome and that um, will actually make your um, applications, um, you know, work, be work better. So they, um, they managed to solve the problem of, of tree shaking. So tree shaking, uh, it wasn't like a big problem, but they, they managed to solve some of the problems that Angular had with, with tree shaking. So tree shaking is the process of um, eliminating code that you don't need for your application. So uh, when you use a code bundler like Webpack, for example, um, it can actually look for your code and see if, if uh, you have a function in a file and that function is not called anywhere else in a code, it can safely assume that it can eliminate it. And, that, and that's simple because it, it can only check that uh, that function is not being referenced someplace else. So that's, you know, two year, three year, four year, four year old technology already. So it's been here for, for a while. But the, the thing is that um, with older, with, uh, you know, the old, uh, the old uh, render, tree shaking still worked okay for external libraries and so on and so forth. But every time you shipped an Angular um, application, the core Angular framework had to go in with, with was always included in the, in the final bundle because Angular had no idea what you were going to use. So it actually needed to uh, include everything in the final bundle. So that's one of the reasons why, you know, Angular applications, you know, were fattish, like were pretty fat. Um, now with, with um, Ivy, uh, it allows you to get like, you know, to, um, it, it's smart enough to figure out uh, which uh, features are you're using from um, from the from the Angular framework, and if you're not using some of the features, for example, you're not using pipes, or you're not using directives, or you're not using uh, ngif, for example, in, in your application, it will not ship code corresponding to that that uh, individual piece. Which, which actually, that's how they got to that really small 3.2 kilobyte. A hello world. They actually managed to make to strip almost everything out of the Angular uh, framework. Of course, your applications, your day-to-day -day application, will still be hundreds of kilobytes uh, in size. Like that's just their baseline to see if they can strip like almost everything out of. Because if they can do that, then that means that uh, you know the whole idea of, of IV um, IV works. So that's like you know the, the tree shaking part. Then they they actually managed to solve another awesome thing with with scope with uh, code splitting. So code splitting is again another awesome feature of your code bundler that um, allows you to um, separate your code into different files. So you you don't uh, ship your 10 megabyte uh, web application to your browser like all at once, you can actually ship it like one megabyte at a time, making the interaction, uh, you know, the user uh, being able to actually interact faster with, uh, with the application because code gets downloaded 
uh, faster and can be uh, you know processed and your user can can see something and usually in angular this was done at a route level at the router um, at, at the route uh, level right you uh, went into a route and then you had some code that was downloaded and then you went to another route and because they had this super awesome uh, lazy load uh, mechanism um, um, you can actually uh, load code as you as you need it but again in your initial when you first ran angular uh, the Angular framework was still needed to be loaded. Uh, so your, your initial chunk was still uh, uh, pretty big. And now with Ivy, what they did was actually um, give you the possibility to, um, uh, to split, to, to uh, you know, split up the Angular framework code in uh, those uh, chunk files. So actually load Angular framework code as you need it. If a, if a route doesn't need as I said earlier, like, you know, pipes direct is whatever, but another part of the app uh, needs it, you will load that specific part of the Angular framework when you go to that route or when you load uh, that, piece of, um, uh, that piece of code. And another, another uh, interesting part uh, that Ivy does um, is uh, it's called progressive hydration. And uh, it's something like I, I'm not a super expert on, so I, I, I don't have the expertise to talk about it, but basically like to talk about it in depth, but um, what I can say is that it, uh, it, it gives you the possibility to actually load pe uh, not only uh, you know, a page at once, but pieces of, of the page as they are needed, uh, you know, pieces of code as they are needed um, uh, on the page. Like it's, it's, super, it's super awesome uh, technology. And Navy will, will enable like so many, uh, so many things. I think one of, one of the best things that um, uh, Ivy will enable is um, the use, um, you know, the better use of Angular Elements. So Angular Elements is uh, another awesome thing that Angular can do uh, to uh, compile uh, your components into web components. So you can actually build a component in Angular and use it in a React or Vue uh, project. The problem is that you had to ship Angular with that web component. So you had your 30 kilobyte web component, which is like, um, they build it to be, um, uh, you know, uh, portable, but it's like anything but. So with Ivy, because now uh, you can ship in that web component uh, only parts of the Angular framework that you actually need, uh, Angular elements actually will get like, you know, way smaller in, in size and, uh, yeah. And, all, and uh, yeah, that's about it with, uh, um, about Ivy. They actually spelled, they actually like, you know, stopped development um, on a lot of things. Like the Angular team focused on Ivy so, so much in the, in the past, uh, in the, um, you know, in the past uh, year or something, I think. They actually, like, I think they put a lot of other things on, uh, on hold. It's something similar that happened with the React team when they were working on Fiber. So uh, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to see like a lot of, the awesome things that will uh, come into the next versions. Okay, yeah, <laughs> Whew. It, there are a lot of stuff going out here, so my brain is kind of yeah. Ivy, Ivy sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is, it is. And it, it, it will, like, um, it will allow, like, a, a lot of awesome things to, uh, to come to, uh, to Angular. Like, for example, lazy loading just, like, components as you need them. That's, like, for me, that's, that's mind-blowing, mind and it's, it's a super 
it, it's a superpower that will allow you to make your you know your code and your application like super efficient. So yeah, I haven't like I haven't played with this for example in in um, you know, production applications, but yeah, I can't wait to take it for a spin for like a, a hobby project or, or something like that. Okay, so we've been throughout the history of Angular with the new Angular release and the present. What's for what's next for Angular? Uh, past, present, and now, uh, now future. Yeah. Um, what should we expect in November? I yeah, think? I think it's uh, so. Uh, the Angular team um, committed to a roughly six-month mm -hmm. uh, release schedule, so they were pretty much on on time with with uh, May. Although I know we had like pretty much pretty much. Yeah. I, know, I know we had like a lot of discussions. Like, hey, is it is it here yet? Can we do the the podcast episodes? Like, no, wait for it. It will be there. But um, yeah, we're. Uh, I I think one of one of the uh, there are two two things that we can um, we can uh, look look forward to. So the first one is having actually having IV now that it's out in uh, in the open and uh, the actually the Angular team encourages people to use it in production, like to try it out and see where it fails, so they can give feedback and the Angular team can actually improve on it. Because of course you know they can test it on Google, but there's like a lot of real-world examples and cases that I'm sure they didn't think about. So one of the things that uh, will will definitely um, happen in Angular 9 is that Ivy will probably the be the default option for uh, for uh, rendering. Uh, another thing that, uh, and of course, like I don't want to go into detail because it's, it's also uh, another awesome thing that the Angular uh, team is working on, is actually using Bazel, which is, so Bazel is the um, uh, build tool that is used uh, inside Google for like, it's been used for like 12 years or something, and they actually open sourced it. And they want to bring Bazel into um, uh, into uh, the Angular CLI. So, and Bazel, it's a build system, but it's not necessarily a replacement for, for Webpack, or it's basically more of a or an orchestrator for Webpack and TypeScript and all, all the other tools that, that you're using them, but it gives you like some super awesome features like, um, um, uh, you know that allow you to have like you know smaller rebuild times. For example, if you just modify a small part in your code, you don't have to rebuild the whole. Yeah, you shouldn't be able to. Re you, yeah. sh you shouldn't. You have to rebuild like the whole application. Basil has some pretty awesome tricks uh, up his sleeve that uh, allows you to have like you know super fast and super small um, a differential like load. Uh, um, uh, yeah, and it's like you know, it's, it's better suited for also for like because it can build both front end and back end uh, projects. It can actually be used to like you know bundle full stack projects together. Mm -hmm. And it's still it's still experimental. There there have been some some uh, talks about it. Like I think for two years now they they've been talking um, about Bazel. It's still in experimental mode in, in the CLI, but I'm I'm guessing it will be uh, you know going in uh, as a fully featured um, thing in the in the new CLI. And uh, yeah, I, I talked about uh, I talked about Angular Elements. That's also another another awesome thing that I I can't see. I can't wait to see what what people um, use it. But I think it's gonna be a cool down period for Angular now. Like they're gonna focus on just like you know, seeing how Ivy works and fixing that and getting that to work and seeing what people will build with it and you know see what use cases people come up with. So I think that's you know a look at the at the future. So it will grow into maturity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's already, as I said, it's like in the 
<laughs> percent uh, uh, you know you can you can probably use it use it today but it's going to be even more awesome uh, to see like you know some library authors or like you know people that want to do uh, for example i heard a talk that ivy like you know can enable things like higher order components in in uh, in angular and stuff like that and yeah i'm, I'm just like super excited to see what would people come up with and uh yeah one like one last thing about uh what what i think will happen for for angular in the in the future uh, I saw like uh, a great presentation at, at ng-conf, which was like about a month ago, and it's like the biggest uh, Angular conference. Uh, and um, one of the in in one of the talks, they actually had like this this graph of applications. Like it was it was yeah, it's hard to to describe, but basically they said that like you know Angular right now is used mostly for those middle. Uh, middle-sized enterprise application like you know on the, on the one hand you have those billion people user uh, websites like gmail and uh, facebook and whatever that you know angular is not really being used for th that type of scenario and on the other uh, part you have those hobbyist uh, projects that like you know those one or two components that also uh, you know people have for some reason i can't understand have a preconception that angular is not suited for but it, it kind of like, you know, it, it is, but like, you know, people uh, don't use Angular for like, um, uh, you know, so, super small uh, projects. And, and one of the things that the Angular team wants to focus on is actually going on both sides of the, um, of the, uh, of the spectrum more. So on the one hand, giving like, you know, with uh, the opportunity with web components to actually, you know, make it easier to build uh, components really fast without needing, you know, the whole thing with like, you know, modules and whatever, just like, you know, write a component, compile it to a web component and, and that's it. And that should be super simple to use and start with Angular. And on the other hand, they have this other project, I think it's called Project Photon or something like that for like, you know, really big applications to make things, um, you know, more performant and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting and keep your eyes uh, on the Angular team. They have awesome stuff waiting for us. Uh, the Angular ecosystem is very rich. There's a lot of applications that are built around Angular. Uh, are there any like cool projects that are getting updates now together with Angular 8 or in a similar time frame? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, so I think one of the biggest, um, there are actually two big, big, big projects around. Uh, the Angular, um, you know, that are usually used together with. Uh, I, I've seen them in a lot of uh, a lot of Angular projects. So the first one is Angular Material, which is uh, basically an, an implementation of uh, the Angular standard from uh, from Google uh, to be used in, in Angular. It's basically a set of, of components, and that got some uh, some really cool um, upgrades. And it's been, I think, so the project is still called, the library is still called Angular Material, but the team is now called uh, Angular Components because they, they actually want to uh, go on that road of like, you know, uh, having better integration with web components and working closer with, with the, uh, the um, uh, material team to, uh, you know, basically build uh, framework agnostic um, material components and then just have like you know angular wrappers over them or something like that. like I, they, I, I think they want to go into, into that direction and the other big big uh, library that's used um, uh, you know in a lot of angular projects is ngrx which is a library for state um, for state management for reactive state management I think it's it's the biggest one right now 
Uh, there are other options like uh, Akita and uh, NGXS, but um, NGRX uh, is, by, I think, by a big margin, the, the most used. Uh, and it actually hit version 8 like a few weeks ago, I think around the time Angular was, was released as well. How and convenient. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and um, yeah, what a coincidence. Episode 8. Uh, <laughs> the chances. It's the, yeah, it's the, um, the sign of 8. Uh, and yeah, they got, they got a few uh, updates as well. And uh, I, I, I think if, if uh, you know, any of our listeners, and I'm sure like, you know, um, you too as well, if you've ever used Redux, you know that Redux is pretty well known for its boilerplate. Like you, when you start writing like, you know, reducers and actions and 100 files and so on and so forth. And I actually did uh, super awesome work. Like I really, really appreciate the, the NGRX uh, team and, and the, the people that are working there. They they managed to eliminate like a lot of these boilerplate uh, problems by, um, you know, introducing action and reducer creators, which like, you know, basically you have like, you know, these functions that you just give them some parameters and you don't have to create all those um, you know, string templates to name your actions and reduce, it eliminates the need for switch cases in reducers. And I, like, I don't want to go into detail, but uh, they like, you know, check them out. Like they have this, uh, they had a really awesome blog post that uh, talked about all these, all these changes. But yeah, Angular Material and, and NGRX are definitely one of the, the biggest projects around that make, you know, augment your Angular, can augment, really augment your, your Angular projects and, you know, boost your productivity. Okay, so let's talk about something more uh, like in the JavaScript world, except for Angular <laughs> 8, 9, and maybe web components. What are you excited about the JavaScript world? So one of the things, like I'm excited about a lot of things, but I think what I've seen uh, lately, like I've been to some, some conferences in the, in the spring now, and I've seen a lot of talk about... Um, you know, a lot of talk about uh, around subjects like web performance and accessibility, and I'm, I'm really excited about people, uh, you know, about people going deeper into this, these topics and raising awareness about accessibility, about performance, and it's not just about the code that we write, uh, it's about the experiences that we, we uh, create to the, to the users. In, in the end, we don't get a medal for the code we write, we, just, we get a medal for creating awesome experience. And I'm, I'm excited to see like, you know, what, um, you know, what best practices and what people come up with when it comes to like, you know, accessibility and performance. And, and I, I'm also like expecting, um, you know, I, I talked about uh, Angular and Ivy uh, going on this path of making smaller bundle size, faster web applications, all in the idea of, of delivering content faster to the, to the user and, you know, having the user uh, being able to interact almost in instantaneously with, with uh, your application. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it. It's, it's one of the, the, my main topics of, of, of uh, interest for, for this year as well. And of course, yeah, web components, which have been gaining, uh, gaining a lot of popularity um, <laughs> lately as well. I also you know, did some talks in the, in the community about, about them. I'm really, really excited. And um, yeah, and view, Three is something that is probably like version three of uh, view that has been completely rewritten in, in TypeScript and people are really, really excited about. That's also something that I'm looking forward to. And uh, yeah, I've seen like, you know, React hooks really, mm -hmm. you know, catching um, a, a lot of momentum, like people writing hooks for about almost everything now. And it's, yeah, it's, 
That's awesome. And, you know, there's a lot of interesting debate right now in the, in the communities. And, and another topic that I've, I've seen, like, uh, uh, being discussed really intensely in the past month, I think, like, I caught some, some really interesting tweets, is the idea of, like, micro frontends. And it's been an idea that I've also, like, you know, investigated. And I'm, like, I'm somewhere in between. I think it's an interesting idea, but it doesn't, definitely doesn't solve a lot of problems. So micro frontends for, uh, you know... Um, listener that don't know what it's about is the idea that you can have in your web application you can actually have like you know more frame more frameworks than you can have like an application that has an angular part and a react part and a view part on the same page like in in a nutshell uh, and it's a good idea but it has like a lot of limitations it's, it's been like a lot of discussion about like you know people taking sides and it's a good idea it's a bad idea and I'm also looking forward, like, you know, from the sidelines to, like, you know, grabbing popcorn. <laughs> um, yeah, looking from the sidelines to see where this goes with, with. but it's, there are, it's, it's a, you know, there are some exciting times to, to be in right now in front-end development, and, yeah. Oh, and, of course, like, how could we not mention, like, you know, machine learning and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, and there AI were, and, I was about to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, that's also, like, something that um, gained a lot of traction uh, last year, right? That's why we did the Just Hacks Hackathon uh, mm -hmm. on uh, <laughs> yeah. AI, because it was gaining so, so much traction and people were, like, super interested. And I'm also looking forward to, um, to see how that works. And, uh, yeah. And For serverless, of course. And serverless, yeah, yeah, that's another. Like it's, a, it's, the whole, it's really a, a big topic. Yeah, the the whole idea of like you know having um, the that the jam stack, right? Yeah. Um, and I've seen like a lot of a lot of people like you know changing their blocks to technology, like to super awesome. Like I'm super excited also like you know to to get an opportunity to work like for, with solutions like for example Gatsby and uh, uh, you know having that that idea of like you know having Gatsby that you can deploy on like you know Netlify but like and people are like super excited that like it's super fast and super easy and um, yeah as I said exciting times exciting times oh what a time to be alive yeah yeah, yeah we've talked about uh, Netlify and uh, similar solutions to with uh, both Adrian Opera and Vitali yeah. when they were on yeah, the they're, show they're pretty hot topics for right now for sure for sure Okay, so you're also the organizer of the Angular meetup group in Bucharest, NG Bucharest. Can you tell us a bit about that community and uh, like any events that are coming up and things like that? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, as I said, I'm a, like a developer by day and by night I do all sorts of uh, community um, activities and... Uh, the yeah. view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, other community uh, activities. Um, yeah, uh, the NG Bucharest is, um, is the basically the angular user group here in in bucharest it's i think we're heading into our fourth year of existence we've had dozens dozens of, of meetups uh we had like you know google developer experts uh, present at our at our shows but we also had like you know people from the local community which i highly encourage to come and uh give presentations like uh uh it's a super friendly uh atmosphere we gather every other month, I know, depending on how fast, how fast, and how quickly, how fast, and uh, you know, we can get um, uh, speakers. And uh, yeah, there's actually going to be. We, we actually have an event scheduled for this Thursday. Uh, it's going to be. Um, uh, we're going to have a video call with uh, Tracy Lee and Ben Lash, uh, which are two of the core team members of the RxJS library. Um, it's going to be a super awesome edition. It's not, I mean, we're probably not going to talk about almost 
I mean, we're not going to talk about Angular. It's going to be about RxJS, which although it's heavily used in Angular, we, we haven't talked about RxJS in Angular, which is, again, one of my favorite topics, but for another time. Um, RxJS can actually, it's, it's a library for using observables in your code and can be used, like I've seen it in React projects and in Vue projects, and it's, it's a super awesome library. I think it's one of the most, if not the most, it's definitely one of the most uh, downloaded libraries. I think it has like 10 and a half million downloads per week or something library, it's like crazy. And yeah, we're gonna have them for like about an hour talking about uh, the library and yeah, answering any potential questions is gonna be, um, yeah, just uh, search for the, the NG Bucharest, the Angular, the Angular uh, Bucharest um, uh, meetup uh, meetup page on meetup.com or on or on Facebook and you'll have all the details for the event. When is it going to... Next Thursday at Next Thursday. 7 at um, uh, the UiPath um, um, headquarters near Piazza Romana. Okay, I'm going to ask the real question here. Are there going to be pizza and beers? I was told there was going to be. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's probably okay, gonna, so yeah, that, it's a maybe. No, no, we're we're, we're probably gonna have like a full, um, um, a fully like a fully featured uh, event. Yeah, but it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Like it's it's it, I I can't wait for it. Like Tracy and Ben are are super awesome. They have, uh, they're like speakers at like tens of conferences and um, yeah, it's just come and see them talk it's going to be awesome again it's going to be a video call so they're going to uh, join us through a uh, through hangouts so they're going to be in the states and but it's it's from the uh, the last editions that we had that were also on this format it's like they are there but they're not physically there but it, it definitely feels like they, they are there like it's, it's really good and you can interact with them and ask and ask questions and yeah highly recommend to come Cool. So if anyone wants to learn more about RxJS, they can join the meetup on the yeah, June yeah. 20th, I guess. Yeah, yeah June 20th. Yeah, so next, next Thursday. The, from the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> learn from the people that actually write the library. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So wrapping up, we've talked about Angular. Like, and Angular. And Angular and a Angular. lot. And some more Angular. I was going to ask you from your point of view, personal point of view as a developer, if you have like any cool super plans for the future and if we should like debate a little about, you You said you have experience, you've work, worked mainly your programming life, <laughs> programmer's life uh, in Angular, but you also coded in React and Vue, right? Yeah. So... Which one's the best? Which not, not necessarily which was the best. Which was the worst? <laughs> yeah, um, I think we like. I don't know. Is there still a battle between them? But actual, actually, your advice in picking one another. So I got, as you can imagine, uh, you know, doing, um, you know, doing uh, trainings and workshops and community activities. I get to talk to a lot of people, and I get ask this question in one form or the other, I get it asked a lot. And the answer is always, it depends. Uh, I'm not like, you know, um, it's always like, you know, um, technology wise, like you don't have a really good argument. Like I always say this about, for example, about Angular, like you don't have a really good reason not to choose Angular to, to develop, as you don't have a really good reason not to choose React or not to choose view like at this point all of them all all three all three of them and you know i'm being unfair for the other options that are at least as viable but these are the three uh, best knowns 
they are at the maturity level and have been through like major releases and bug fixes and like and that you, you just don't have like an argument and say I, uh, you know you can't choose angular because it's not fast or it's buggy or it's okay you have the argument that you know bundle sizes or or what have you but the argument is not it's not there it's actually at what your intentions are and what um, um, you know what you, what you want to get out of it in terms of developer experience. I think this is where it, uh, the difference is made between uh, the frameworks. For example, yeah. So, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. You also have so I think the best argument is the learning curve because if you are a JavaScript developer with a whole massive JavaScript background, I think you'll be more accustomed writing in or learning React or Vue. Yeah, it's here rather it, than it, Angular yeah, yeah. when you have like the whole you, you need to learn at the beginning a lot about yeah. the, the framework the, itself. That's super. That's a super valid um, uh, thing that you're saying, and I think one of the, the the things that the Angular team is striving is to actually reduce this this complex this complexity that this overwhelming a feeling that you get when you start an Angular project that oh I have to know all these things although you don't have to like uh, but being there and you know everything coming together you you have this feeling that uh, I mean you don't have to use HTTP from day one you don't have to use the router from day one but you have the feeling that oh I need to learn all these all these things and in the end it's, it's the same with with React like because React and Vue are just you know uh, are smaller in terms of complexity they have they are perceived as being easier to learn and work with, but actually when you start adding, like for example, uh, in React, when you start adding the, the router and some state management and some HTTP library and whatever, it actually ends up being like as complex as, as Angular, the same with with, um, with Vue. Or, yeah, it's debatable if it's if it's as complex, but coming to my coming back to my, my previous point, it's I think it's more a question about the experience that the developers will have while working and and how you want to um you know um how you want your team to um to um you know manifest itself in, in, inside a project and let, let, let me give you an example for example angular comes with very good tools for enterprise when you have like uh, a teams of hundreds of developers like you know using the cli and um, you know, making sure that everybody, like, you know, when you want to create a component, the CLI allows you to, like, you know, everybody can create the components the same way, and there's TypeScript, which helps with types and so on and so forth. So, for example, if you have this big enterprise team and you want to keep everything into control, and maybe Angular is a better option than uh, React, but if you, uh, I've seen this, um, you know, if, if you have, like, uh, uh, programmers that are, um, you know, work for uh, more time uh, with uh, JavaScript and like functional programming and so on and so forth. Maybe React is a better option for them as well. If you had a if you had a team that worked on Angular JS and they want to like you know start off start with a new technology, maybe yeah you don't give them Angular. Maybe you give them React just to like you know give them a fresh uh, you know re a, a fresh feeling of like oh yeah I'm working with with something mm -hmm. new. So in the end I think it's it's Choosing, uh, choosing um, um, uh, the framework for your next project is either you have to look at your team and your programmers and see what what they, they would prefer, because they're they're like you know as I said like you know, each framework is better suited for some some types of teams, but on your hand if you're like you know on your own and you want to learn um, a, a new project is it's a matter of do you want to 
um, do you want to deliver something fast? Then use what you know. If you know React, use React. If you want to learn something while doing and you know React, you can go with Angular or you can go with, uh, with Vue. And, and yeah, it's things like I've seen, I've seen uh, React projects that, you know, ended up being super complex. And I've seen, I, I haven't seen a lot of like, you know, enterprise Vue projects, but I'm guessing they can get pretty uh, complex as well. So it's not, I, I think, it, with with a bit of like you know um, um, you know care I think whatever you choose to program in uh, will be will be fine. So it's 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 a matter of personal preference. But for sure, if somebody tells you that like you know Angular is slower than React and Vue is faster than the both of them, it's milliseconds. It won't matter. And mm -hmm. you can and Angular has some optimization like some performance optimizations tricks that you can do that can actually make it like blazing fast. Like it's it's super, it, it, it can be super performance. So it's, it's not a matter of who's the best, like who's, which of them is the one that makes you feel better as a, as a programmer or it makes, makes it easier for you to deliver, right? That's, yeah, like, yeah. No, not writing code at all. <laughs> yeah, just thinking about it. I think it. it's happier. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Just I, I like to write code. So where can people follow you and find more about uh, the stuff you do, the stuff you're organizing, uh, Angular? Yeah, so I already mentioned the uh, AngularJS, uh, the NG Bucharest meetup groups and Facebook groups. Like you can search them or we can link them in. Um, uh, I, I'm on Twitter at, at Andre underline Antal. Uh, I don't tweet a lot, but I retweet uh, quite a lot. Um, and yeah, if you don't have a Twitter account, I definitely recommend you build your, if there's one thing you remember from this show, if one thing you have, you have to remember one thing from this show is that you need a Twitter account to follow all the awesome people in the, my community. God, if you have a Twitter account, I think you'll be like super depressed. I think all the dev world on Twitter is, oh, yeah, is yeah. moving like really fast and you're like, oh my God, I don't know this thing. Three seconds later, oh my God, I don't know this thing either. <laughs> yeah, that's a slippery slope. Be careful with that. Yeah. I thought that the, the whole idea of the show is going to be that people need to look more into Angular, but apparently people need to look more into Twitter, according <laughs> to Andre. To look into Twitter, into Angular, like, yeah, that's for sure. But yeah, you can, you can um, yeah, and I think I'm on... Facebook as well, but yeah, there's ways you can find me. If you really want to find me, I'm sure you can. Thank you so much, Andre, for yeah, being here. It's a pleasure. I think it was, was one of the most intense. Yes, intense and. Yeah, it's probably the most technical uh, yeah. Oh, yeah? interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. No, it, it's good. We need to and deep into like yeah. the specifics of a framework. Yeah, you 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 probably know more about Angular than anyone else we could have invited. So uh, that's not. <laughs> yeah, there, I I actually like you know meeting uh, meeting people at at um, uh, at the Angular meetups. Like there's like so many talented people out there that know Angular a lot, and I'm. I, again, I want to tell them, like, you know, come present stuff to the community. Like, people want to hear what you're working on. So, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, hope you hope you liked it. And, yeah, um, it was difficult for me to explain and not draw. Like, I, can't, I usually <laughs> can't do that. But um, I uh, use my... Uh, I gesticulated a lot. I don't know. Is that a word? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If yeah. you want, you can, like, draw at home and we can post the pictures on yeah, the show notes. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. 
Okay. Yeah. Thank, thanks a lot for, yeah, for joining for us me. and finally having me. Yeah. Yeah. We've been we've been waiting for a while to have you on the show yeah. and talk about Angular. Is Angular ready? Is Angular ready? Yeah. yeah. But apparently it it, yeah. it never was until recently. It was worth the wait. I hope. Yeah. yeah cool. And looking forward to the next episodes as well. Yeah. Yeah. And in November. Yeah. So we'll hopefully. Do, yeah. We're looking forward to. Yeah, we're, oh, we're, for the next episode with me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to getting you back with Angular 9. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hopefully with more cool sure. stuff. It's a deal. Like every six months, yeah. Yeah. book Re a seat. Recurring guest. Yeah. <laughs> I'll add that in my calendar. Yeah, cool. Thanks cool. a lot, man. Yeah, it's been sure. fun. Sure, thanks. Okay. Have a nice day. We'll bye -bye. be back very shortly. For the news section, we have a, a couple of events coming up this June on the JavaScript world. We have on the 20th of June the ng-Bucharest meetup about RxJS. On the 26th of June, we have the Bucharest.js meetup at TechHub. On the 21st of September, we have the JS Camp Bucharest conference. And on the 3rd and 4th of October, we have the Revo.js, the first JavaScript conference happening in Timisoara. Okay, and uh, now uh, to the interview question uh, portion of the show. So we, we again got a great answer from uh, Florin for our uh, previous interview question. So Florin, keep on sending that, <laughs> uh, th those uh, cool answers uh, and we'll, we'll put, uh, put his answer on, uh, on GitHub, on the show's GitHub. Our uh, biggest page. fan, Florin. Yeah. And uh, for this, this episode's interview question, we also have a ticket available for JSCAM Bucharest. So if you send in your answers, you can win a, a free pass for JSCAM in September. And uh, for, uh, because this was an Angular edition of the podcast, we, we're going to have an Angular-themed question. And we'll let Andrei uh, pose the question for you. So, in which order will the lifecycle hooks of a component fire when the component is created? I repeat, in which order will the lifecycle hooks of a component fire when the component is created? It's fine. We're going to have show notes. Okay. <laughs> so we didn't have to repeat the question. Yeah, but anyway, now that you know the question, send in your answers at uh, show at jsleague.ro and... Uh, try to win that ticket. Yeah, the first one that sends the correct answer to this question is going to win the JS Camp conference ticket. So Florin better be quick. <laughs> and uh, now, uh, Diana, can you tell us more about our next guest? Yes, for sure. Our next guest is going to be Alexandra Angel. Actually, she's going to be the second developer girl guest at our podcast. She is the co-founder and CEO of Morpho, uh, artificial intelligence startup. Yeah, we've already had uh, Ciprian on the show talking about Morpho, so... Yeah, it's it going to be interesting to get have an the update. Side. Yeah, and also get an update about what's up in Morpho. She's also an entrepreneur, and we're mostly going to talk about Step Forward, her newest project. Step Forward is the first pre-accelerator programs for startup and teams that have at least one female co-founder. So it's going to be a very interesting edition. Cool. And that's uh, coming out on the 28th of June. So yeah. 
stay tuned for that and until then see you later bye